too. So it's actually good. You got unmu you got unmute yourself. Let me take. Yes, we shall. There's All the right. camera. Let me mute the. Uh, there's that. Chat's up on our screen. Oh. All right, chat's back up on our screen, and I think yeah, both of us are good. Yours looks lower because um, what? yours is more sensitive than mine. It sounds louder. Okay. So, but yeah. At least it should sound louder. Is uh, are we, is our feeds going? What? All right, never mind. Can you hear me? I, it, you, we can't hear through okay. the headset. That's how it was before. Okay. Back when we uh, you know. Well. Doing it. So. Cheers. We're back. <laughs> Hopefully permanently this time. Definitely permanently this time. I would agree, yes. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the uh, Crash on the Couch podcast. It's uh, been a minute, so sorry about that. But today... Levels sound good on here. Cool. So, yeah, yeah, we're good. Sorry, we're just checking out a few uh, technical kinks. Yes. For the uh, <laughs> new setup, the new year. New setup, new Restarting year. Restarting once again. We're not on a laptop anymore, so we shouldn't have any crashes. Yeah, check out our Instagram <laughs> we story. Have any <laughs> yeah, uh, there, there hopefully will not be any crashes during a four-hour avatar discussion. But uh, yeah, hey, check we had out. three and a half hours for that podcast. So. It could have been four, though. It could have been <laughs> four. You are right. You are correct. Could have been four, but we had three and a half, which I think is um really good either way <laughs> so if you want to check out our new setup or a temporary setup or whatever check, check out, out the instagram, instagram story. check out our instagram but today we are discussing fargo i will pull it up what did we say 1996 by Damn. the cohen brothers oh moving that <laughs> here at the crash on the couch podcast we like to keep it very organic very uh homegrown very uh both in the conversations, the films we review, and especially on the technical end. Oh, especially, especially on, on the technical, technical end. Especially on the technical end. I think I have, I think I have the mic set up at least where it's pretty solid. At least until, um, at least until we get those snowball mics. Yeah, yeah. Um, when we get the snowball mics, then we're in business. Then we're in real business. Now we we could say we're professionals at that point. <laughs> once we we're get... professional once Spotify starts giving us, or someone starts giving us ad revenue. That's the definition of professional. So will, would a penny count? Technically, yeah. All right. But so... it can't be you handing me a penny or me handing you a penny. That. <laughs> so hopefully, I guess, uh, I guess what I can say is hopefully, when that happens, um, it'll be uh, during a podcast that we po that we um, do on Friday. Oh, it'll certainly be on a Friday. <laughs> then, uh, we have to celebrate your Friday penny, Friday dude. Penny. <laughs> Cheers, Cheers to that, dude. I'm getting another drink. So am I. <laughs> okay, but yeah, uh, we're back. We're planning to release these bi-weekly. Um, we are not on Spotify yet. That was one of our problems before, but we will be getting on Spotify this week. That is at the uh, ready for you for you to do at any point because it's all on the hard drive now. Everything is on your stuff. Probably um, going to have that hammered out on Tuesday, but yes. or at least some of the episodes on Tuesday. So our whole, uh, what, eight-episode catalog? It's really, it's really a big catalog. Seven. <laughs> seven. Technically seven. Seven episode catalog. Technically it's a seven right. because... Uh, we don't like to talk about that. We don't talk about episode one. It's an enigma. I honestly... I don't even remember what episode one was even about. 
know, dude. I, I, That's it's lost. It's completely lost. Dude, I don't remember. It might have been about. It might have been about something silly. It might not even have been about a movie or like a video game. It I might have just been about I like can, uh, random do shit. Do some research on like the Wayback Machine and see if uh, I can find it. I'll just try to rack my brain and look at look at our YouTube like videos. And, I want to be on YouTube. Then. But like process, like Twitch. if I can remember like all the topics we've oh, covered topics. and like okay, process okay. of elimination. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, shall um, we? Uh, well, real quick, we are. It is on YouTube. So now we're streaming on YouTube. We're not streaming on Twitch anymore. So um, because we're streaming on YouTube now, it'll upload automatically to YouTube as soon as we're done. So we, um, you won't have to wait anymore, um, for us to upload it after we're posting about it on our Instagram. So whenever we're posting about it on our Instagram, we'll be live, and then as soon as we're done, it'll be up on YouTube. So after you see our posts, you can watch it at any time. So huge, huge, awesome, uh, W. And uh, yeah, so today. We are talking about the movie Fargo by the Coen Brothers. Made in or came out in 1996, and it is certainly an interesting comedy. <laughs> the goat. <laughs> the goat. <laughs> Steve Buscemi. <laughs> Good one. Good one. <laughs> um... Who knows? I mean, maybe if we ever become, like, famous, or when we become famous, uh, maybe he will look back on our podcast and uh, be like, oh, shit, he talked about uh, He talked about me. <sighs> no, oh, yeah, by the way, we don't, we don't give a fuck about spoilers, so, like... I was about to say, dude, you're you're an idiot. I was like, you're an idiot. It's 25 years old. Like, come on, this is really easy math for you and I. Like, come on, this is really easy math for you and I. <laughs> mm-hmm. So the um, so we watched it earlier this week, um. We watched it earlier this week. This was the second time that I watched it. First time that Ethan watched it. Um, and so my... The first time I watched it, I thought it was a really good movie. Uh, it was one of the first Coen Brother films that I watched, actually. So I that was like a you know, a fresh idea for me in terms of like what they create. So, um, so I thought it was really good and it was a really good take on comedy. Um, when I first watched it too, I didn't know it was supposed to be a comedy. And, um, I was like, I was like trying, I was like, man, all these Canadian accents, 
are like so funny and i'm laughing anytime any character speaks but i'm not sure if i'm supposed to talk or not because this is a pretty serious topic so (laughs) so i wasn't sure but i was laughing for the entire time about the accents alone but obviously how did you watch it the first time was it like i just did you watch it in college or was it like with your family or something okay i just was i my i know i my brother had it on dvd uh in the house and so i remember him had like i remember seeing the case and then uh i it was on a streaming service and i just was like i'm just gonna watch it Okay. And I did. I, I so asked, and I and I had no idea that it was like I like I said it was the first Coen brother films I it was the first Coen brother film that I had ever watched, uh, and I really liked it. Like... <laughs> but this, going through it a second time and after seeing other Coen brother films, uh, it definitely isn't as good as their other stuff. But you can see like the framework of how you can see the framework of what it did for them almost for their other films. The best reference I can give is the big Lebowski is big Lebowski is, I mean, it's not, it's clearly not as serious of a subject and it's like way more obvious to be a, um, a comedy than Fargo is. So, but you can see where they had, they had ideas in Fargo and had like, oh yeah, this is like a framework that we want to do for our films. And Big Lebowski is a way more well done, like, like step by step. This is what we can turn our ideas into. So, I'm way more fleshed out, I guess, is what I'm saying. And how did did any of that change, or like, did any, like how did that change, or like ex- expand, like the second time you watched it, like when we watched it earlier this week? Um, well, I didn't like it as much the second time through because Which is I think not the, what most people say about most films. Yeah, I, I, I yeah, well, it, it, it just isn't like as high of quality um, as their other films are. It, it, and you can like see it, especially like especially comparing it to Big Lebowski. It's not as high of quality. Um but it's still a good movie. I, I don't want to like, don't, don't take that as it's not a good movie. I still think that a lot of people should watch it. Uh, and if people haven't watched any Coen brother films, I would say start with that and then watch the other ones so you can see their progression. Um, it as, uh, as film creators. So, but I mean, I think their comedy gets better. Like I can see their, I guess I, I don't know it's just it's weird because like I still really enjoy the movie and everything but um, I guess it's just a weird thing because it's like definitely a serious topic about murder um, and like a crime investigation film so I, I'm wondering if that's what is like turning me like off about it is that um, sometimes the comedy just doesn't hit because of how serious of a topic it is. Or maybe it was like the music 
as well because like the music makes you think it should be serious and then you hear the accents and then you're like i can't take it seriously i think to a degree, but i don't but it's not supposed to be taken seriously i think to a degree so, that's just their style of comedy though it, it definitely is their style because of they're they're it's very their their films are very dry humor oh yeah you know what yeah, i mean yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's like like they'll take something very like it's not like anchorman where it's like openly ridiculous you know what i mean it's like usually something quite serious layered with like an undertone of ridiculousness you know what i mean Mm -hmm. where he's like where he's like rehearsing his lines before he's going to talk to his father-in-law about his wife being kidnapped yeah which is hilarious Uh, (laughs) and like but it's all in that that accent. It's all in that Minnesota that Minnesota nice accent. Minnesota and... Canadian accent. <laughs> and it's like, dude, th- they literally say, like <laughs> like half the characters are always saying a at the end of it. It's just so. Oh jeez. Oh jeez. Oh jeez. A like, oh, it's so it's it's so funny. <laughs> And then it's just so ridiculous as well. Like, just the concept. Like, the cop pulls over. The cop pulls the the guys over. Sees the person. And then the guy just shoots him. Like, he just sees, like, no hesitation. Like, I mean, he's what like, what's that do, in the though? back of the box? <laughs> like, what's that in the back of the car? <laughs> Bam! Just shoots him. Like, no hesitation. And then the, and then Steve Buscemi's character is just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what's wild to me about that scene is that they had her in the back seat. Yeah, some, why didn't like, they put her in the trunk? Why isn't she in the trunk? Like, not, why, not that why isn't she in the trunk? Like, not... <laughs> not that we're speaking from experience here, but like if you're gonna kidnap somebody you'd think you'd put them in the trunk i mean that's let's, a, that's let's, thing let's, let's, let's watch every other every other movie with kidnapping with or tv shows or you get something put in like the, that you get put in the trunk there's there's the, the child fucking there's the anti-kidnapping lever in trunks because <laughs> people keep getting put in trunks yes <laughs> oh my gosh it's just it's so funny I love like, it so like, much. And also, like, on her, he's like, don't move or we'll shoot you. Like, what are you talking about? The cop is here. You're going to shoot me in front of this cop? You're fucked if you do that. What's with I her? Didn't even, like, like, that, I, I didn't even pick that up, if actually. That was me if, you move, if you move, I'll shoot you. I didn't even, like, think of that. Like, yeah, you're going to shoot me. You're going you're to shoot me in front of the cop. You, you're her. You heard the siren. Wait, maybe there weren't sirens. Maybe, I, maybe I'm mistaken. Maybe she didn't know as a police officer. But once you, st- you feel the car stop and you hear license and registration, you know what type of situation you're in even if you're blindfolded and kind of like and delirious. not in the trunk i'd start having a conniption yeah the whole movie could have ended right there that that's probably my biggest critique well no because he would have he would have killed he would have killed the cop anyway maybe the only i mean okay sure sure <laughs> it's also like Obviously not supposed to be taken, yeah, like, super that, That's why I didn't get upset about it when yeah. I watched it. Because I'm like, okay, I know it is a comedy, but, like... Dude, I, I love it when... With the with the dad. Because the dad just takes control. 
and goes to the and goes to the exchange on his own. <laughs> Dude, what I love is he puts the revolver in his pocket. What a fucking fud. You fucking boomer. Get a holster. Be a normal guy. You, like do some fuck. Do some holster like drills at the range. Like if like that's why Steve Buscemi was this little crackhead well, motherfucker well, was well, able to it, kill it's, you. It's funny though because he had a revolver, right? One of the yeah. points of like having a revolver in your pocket is that you can shoot it <laughs> shoot through without the <laughs> without <laughs> pulling it out. Like like that's the whole. That's, that's the, one of the points of having. Only, a, that's, that's the, the one, only reason to own a revolver. <laughs> and and you specifically have a small one yeah. to put in your pocket and not have to pull it out, so you can just shoot it through your pocket, like. That's the point. The lesson from that <laughs> scene is don't be a fud and no. don't own a revolver if you're not going to shoot through clothing. Well, also, <laughs> why did he take control of the situation when, like... Because George... Because Will, Will Macy in this movie is a cuck, that's why. He is a cuck. Oh, my God. He is. <laughs> I think well, he's a cuck part... in every movie. But, I mean, he's a cuck in, like, half his movie. That's kind of the character he plays, you know? Yeah, I mean, I mean he's typecasted. Uh, can, can you but, blame like, him for it? If he knows how to play a cuck. If you're good at it, I mean, he, he's not the most attractive guy. So you kind of got to go with the roles that you're typecasting. Dude, I, I love it. I love the scene when she's getting captured. That scene's really funny. Dude, it's so funny. When she falls down the stairs and the guy's just like watching her. Like the guy's just watching her like come out of the come out of the shower curtain and then run down the hallway and fall down the stairs and he's just like My favorite part of that my favorite part of that whole sequence is when they bust in the window with the crowbar, and she just watches it happen, like, stunned. Like, this is happening right now. Like, this woman's never faced that, like, her adrenaline levels have never gone above, like, she's never reached max adrenaline in her entire life. Well, it's, well, to be honest, though, how would you react if a guy in a mask, well, like, maybe not you, but, like, think about, her, like, her. I'm not the right person to Yeah, ask. yeah, you're not the right person to ask. But, like, a normal everyday person, a guy in a mask, literally just, like, not not rushes, just casually. Oh, her, her just, reaction just, is totally just, believable. Just casually walks up the porch stairs, walks up to the window, <laughs> looks through it, and then, like, like, all slow, like, there's no rush know anything yeah. he's just like casually what, doing it I, and she's just like what i love about that is like the glare of the wind like two things her her reaction is totally believable oh it is it's it just, is extremely it doesn't make it not ridiculous and not funny <laughs> but i love that he has to like he doesn't see her on the couch because of the glare off the window yeah. and if you've ever tried to like deal with glare on windows it's a bitch like it is a bit. <laughs> it's like, I can't fucking see. Like, <sighs> Sorry, not sorry for the format of this podcast. We didn't really discuss how we were going to format this, but we mainly just wanted to get things started back up. So this podcast about Fargo is going to be all over the place it, it, because we just wanted to discuss the film and stuff. And kind of get just, back into the flow. And get back into the flow, have yeah. our setup, which I think I have this setup really well, actually. I'm, I'm happy so. with it. Um, anyway, back to the, back to the movie. <laughs> so, well, okay. So when we initially finished the film, you were, I asked you what you thought of it and you were like, that was just completely ridiculous. <laughs> and, and we're like, I don't like, 
I'll wait until the podcast to further discuss to further discuss it so i guess well you asked me what i thought about it what did you think about it okay having the opposite perspective because me i had no coen brothers experience or knowledge when i first watched the film right whereas you have you probably watched almost all of their films before I, watching this one i think i've i think i've only not seen two of their films at this okay. point um so i i liked it for sure obviously um I was disappointed, but not, like, upset or anything. I don't feel like I wasted an hour and 40 minutes. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was a little disappointed just because people have... It's, like, one of those films where, like, at the time it came out, it was so, like, uh, so different than what a lot of things, like, a lot of things that other people had done. And so, therefore, like, people hype it up to you for your entire life. And like oh it's, or like if you sometimes like when you're in film school be like oh it's like Fargo and I'd be like okay they're like have you seen Fargo I'm like oh, no I haven't seen Fargo like what you haven't seen Fargo it's like if you haven't seen Fight Club which now I've seen Fight Club but like it's one of it's one of those deals you know yeah um and so when people like say to you for a number of years like oh you haven't seen X Y or Z movie when you actually see that film and it's not as good as other films you've seen you're kind of, like it's it's like the hype it can never it can never like reach the hype. Um, but yeah, I liked it. Um, you bring up a good point. It's pretty early in the Coen brothers career. Yeah. I'm um, curious on how early it is. I'm looking it up right now. I have to, to like how early it is. I mean, my favorite Coen brothers films are like two thousands. So, uh, so like, well, no, these are, this is bringing up. So like, Oh brother, where art thou is one of my favorite films. True oh, Grit brother, is one of my favorite films. Amazing. Uh, but the, like two, True Grit is 2007, Oh Brother Where Art Thou is 2000, and this is 1996. Um, so like it's early, it's after Burn After Reading, or it's after Blood Simple, and bef- before, after Hudsucker, or after, um, before Hudsucker Proxy, I think. No, it's right after Hudsucker Proxy. Anyways, that doesn't really matter. Um, no, I liked it. Um, I have to like put myself like sometimes in the right mind state before I watch a Coen Brothers film to remind myself that it's like intentionally awkward, like intentionally kind of cheesy or intentionally kind of like cliche sometimes, you know, like that they do maybe not cliche, but like that they they make it intentionally odd. You know. So that was their sixth movie. Okay. So, yeah, it's it's still like re- yeah, it's still really early on in their filmography. So I've so. not seen Blood Simple, Raising Arizona, Miller Crossing, or Barton Fink or Hudson Hooker Proxy, but I've seen everything I think since. I think everything after this I've pretty much seen. Yeah. Maybe not everything, so. but a lot of it. Um. No. Um. Is that a what? problem? I don't know. Oh, did we Well, lose... the VPN reconnecting, that's kind of a problem. That sounds like a problem. Future reference, let's disconnect the VPN before we do this. Really? So just so we don't have this problem in the future. I don't think... Let's see. Did we it, let's like not... Let's make sure we disconnect ExpressVPN, who is not a sponsor. We don't have any sponsors, but we'll take any sponsors we can get. But let's make sure we disconnect ExpressVPN. I don't know if time. we... We didn't disconnect. 
Like we're still live. well, there, there's a there's a delay on all these things. I mean, VPN is uh, ExpressVPN's reconnected, so it's probably probably fun. Anyways, um, let's see. Um, I mean, well, while you're figuring that out, I'll keep pontificating yeah, about yeah, fucking keep, keep talking because uh, I already I spoke a lot, so yeah, you keep talking. I I like it. I mean, it's like they're. Um, like you said, I hadn't really thought about this. It's early on in their career, and you can see like the little seeds of all the things they do. Well, you can see all the things that they do later on in their career in um, in Fargo. So all the like awkward conversations. Um, something that I kind of zeroed in on while watching it is that. Uh, there's this thing in a lot of 90s films, well, specifically like 90s crime films, that um, Tarantino did a shit ton. Well, Tarantino still does, and it's kind of the reason I don't really fuck with Tarantino. Um, but the Coen brothers did it a lot in the 90s. Um, Tarantino did it a lot in the 90s. And then a lot of like films, they kind of set the tone for um, mini majors in the 90s. And a lot of other people kind of copied this style where you'll have a crime film where it's almost comic book-esque where the people in the film don't talk like people really talk, you know? They don't – and I don't mean the Minnesota accent, obviously. I mean like – Just the way they have conversations. Yeah, it's more – I don't want to call it theatrical, but like it's a, it's a conversation where people talk. They don't – there's like not this there's no pretext of authenticity well, whereas a lot of films post 9-11 have a pre have like we want authenticity yeah you know and i'm that's probably just a generational thing where i prefer the authenticity but i have to like put my this is not to say anything bad about the like intentionally like quirkiness or like the like comic book nature of a lot of the dialogue in 90s films but like I have to like remind myself before or like while I'm watching it that like okay I'm watching something that's like nobody really talks like this like when Steve Buscemi is like driving in the car with uh the other killer and he's like wow that's the most I've gotten out of you in eight hours like yeah, no yeah, one yeah. says that like or, hardly or, ever says or like, even um or even the scene when uh when when he when the one guy is selling the car yeah. And it just is like that's not how salesmen talk. But it's also like a comedy, and I have to like remind myself of that. And once I remind myself of that, then I enjoy it. Yes. You know what I mean? It's just like a matter of like I got to put myself in that headspace. Mm. It's not really a critique that I'm making. It's more of just like a. Well, and, it's something worth mentioning, I think, it, from a no, cultural no, no. angle that that '90s films did it more so than like 2000s or 20 2010s. You know. And I think that's also good for you. To also like as you're going to be watching films again, like more consistently yeah. now, that's something that you can like put, you can practice getting getting into that mind space before you watch a movie. For sure. And you know before you watch a movie that's pre 9/11, so that you can have that like mindset. I mean, um, would you like and everything? Would you agree that that is like a trend that you've noticed as well? I oh no, it definitely is a trend, and I would easily agree with you. Um, it just is like, I guess I don't have, um, I guess I'm more like as soon as a film starts, as long as I can get the idea of like, 
as long as I can get the idea of like what the film is supposed to be within the first 15 minutes, it changes my mindset for the rest of the film. Yeah. But yeah. like, I'm just like, I don't know. I guess that's just how I like perceive any media, any medium is just like, what am I getting in the first 15 minutes? Now I know what to expect for the rest is, um, gotcha. Yeah. Like the so, tone, huh? like the tone. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I can like, I, I, I can at least like set my mindset that quickly I know other people can't, but it, I can at least do that. So, like, I'm not in your position where it's like you, you know, sometimes you need to, like, have that mindset before even going into the movie. So. But, yeah, no, I uh, definitely enjoyed it overall. It's a. Uh, it's a. Uh... It's, I don't know, it's it's funny, but, like, it's not, like, too funny. You know what I mean? Exactly. And I think another thing about the movie is, um, so, like, Big Lebowski, right? The main character is Big Lebowski from start to end, right? This movie, there, you don't see the main character until, what, like, a half hour Yeah, into it's, the movie? it's, like, 30 minutes in. Yeah, yeah, is when you meet the main character of the movie. So, like, you're watching, you're basically watching an introduction, and you think the main character is the husband yeah but he's not the main character the main character is the cop and you don't meet her until halfway until 30 minutes in so i think i'm i i think that's another thing that is um like story structure wise makes it a really unique film i i like actually. that about it i like I, do, that, I, I liked it too yeah. i like that um especially in the 90s a lot of filmmakers like in the mini major category experimented with um, uh, like non-traditional storytelling, like non-linear storytelling, not necessarily non-linear, but like non-traditional like story format. You know, yeah. Like PTA did it, a, does it a lot. Tarantino did it. Obviously, is like probably the most well known. Well, he's the revolution. He's the one that like yeah. started it, or at least started the revolution. He's at least the I... most well known. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, from that era. Um, so like, no, I, I, uh, I kind of like that. Oh no, I liked it too. Yeah. I liked it too. It just because it, it makes it unique, and I think it also. Um, I mean, it's a good reference though, because it does Because yeah, it, yeah. it, it does do it really well. I, in my opinion, it does it really well. Because when you meet the main, because the introduction of her character is, uh, um, is done. Uh, you know, she just receives a phone call saying, "Hey, can you check this out?" I kind of. Um, I think um... actually, is that how? Um, does doesn't um there's another there's an like a crime movie that does it is that um does zodiac killer do that dude i'd have to there's read. a lot of main characters zodiac, zodiac is killer. three like three hours long dude they're <laughs> not like i'm not sure um you might be you're probably right though i think that at is least how that well goes. not the main main character but um hulk's character i mean jake john hulk's character yeah no, not Jake Gyllenhaal's here. Hulk. The guy that plays Hulk. Oh. That, okay. That guy. That, <laughs> I, I'm horrible with names. I'm horrible with with actors' names. But that guy. The, isn't his introduction is like he receives a phone call? Or am I thinking of something else? I think you might be right, dude. I don't remember. It's been like three years it's since I watched that. Three or four. Um, we That's should, on the list. Yeah, it, it is on my list. That's yeah, to list. do an episode on that. Uh <laughs> So stay on the lookout for Zodiac. 
Well, he and, and of course the, the killer is in the movie. Of course, yeah. The killer is in. <laughs> he plays the, her husband. The Zodiac, yeah. the Zodiac killer, killer is, is in married the movie. to Marge. Huh? Marge is married to Ted Cruz. Yeah. <laughs> R.I.P. Ted Cruz. <laughs> I love how it's um, I love that he plays the character. Uh, I love that he's uh. The, the what the, the husband, husband. Of the cop i love and that then, he's... and then and then later on he plays the zodiac killer i love that he paints or the supposed birds. killer huh i love that he paints birds for he... stamps and like Dude, okay that the, fi- so the final the scene film is just so ridiculous i will i will, it really is funny i think i think the thing is is like watching it i think watching it you're like, okay, this is an interesting movie and it's entertaining. I think talking about it is better than watching the movie. <laughs> I, I don't even know how to answer that. <laughs> Am I wrong, though? Because like, like, you can just like talk about so many parts of the movie that are just so outlandish and ridiculous and laugh about it, which it's supposed to be. But when you're watching it, you, you, don't, you don't know whether or not to like laugh at it. Uh, I feel like there's a lot. I feel like there's a whole genre of films that can be like it's better. It's more interesting to talk about it than <laughs> actually watch it. Like, I mean, maybe that should be. I a mean, top, Mother uh, falls into maybe, that category. Maybe, maybe we should do a top ten list. Best, uh, best, best movies. Best movies to talk about. Best or be, or like best movies that are better to talk about than to watch. Uh, m- Mother is number one on that list for me. <laughs> Mother? By uh, Darren Aronofsky. Oh, I've never seen it. Oh, I saw that with Dara, and oh, yeah. she was, like, upset with me that I took her to go see that, because <laughs> it, it's disturbing, dude. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. It's, oh, like, a geez. disturbing, uh, you, you know what I mean when I say, like, a uh, morality play? Yes. It's like that, but, like, fucked up, dude. It's it's like an allegory about climate change and also Christianity. And oh, is it? Um, Jennifer Lawrence that... and Javier Bardem. Yeah. 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 I I know what movie you're talking about. It's like about now. I I generally enjoyed it, but it was fucked up. Uh, but Fargo. Uh, Back to Fargo. <laughs> uh... I, what do you think? What do you think Fargo is about? Like, what do you think? Like, like it's a comedy, and it's like the Coen Brothers, like. There. Oh, I need to look up his quote on like why he wanted to make the movie. Cause that when I read that, <laughs> oh my goodness, it's, it was. <laughs> they're from. I don't know if they're from Fargo, if they're from the Twin Cities, but they're from the north. They're from the North Midwest. You know, they're from that part of the country. Yeah. All right. Let's see. Have you watched? Okay. Have you watched A Serious Man? No. I you haven't. should watch A Serious Man. That's their other f- very autobiographical film oh okay, okay um all right so this is um wait that's the quote from the movie but okay so the so the introduction to the film is this this is a true story the events depicted in this film took place in minnesota in 1987 at the request of the survivors the names have been changed out of the respect of the dead the rest has been told exactly as it occurred. That's like the intro exactly. text. That's the intro text to the film. Okay. And then, um, you know, it was, you know, they asked the Coen brothers, like if it was actually true or not. And in an interview 
in 2016, as uh, this was for the Huff Post, um, this is what Ethan Cohen said. We wanted to make a movie just in the genre of a true story movie. You don't have to have a true story to make a true story movie. So it's not true, <laughs> but but you don't have it doesn't have to be a true story to make a true story movie. I think that, <laughs> that I think that is hilarious and it's funny. I think what's really funny is um because you always have the horror movies that always have like this is based on actual events and the actual events are like way like more tame than what actually happens in the film yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. but like the, the that's a part of like that's a part of like post uh exorcism stuff even though exorcism if like that was like a post exorcism like thing and so it's more of like modern day horrors so like he did that before modern day horrors before that like was made famous by modern day horrors I also think that them just saying it's a true story when it's not is, like, very indicative of, like, like that's the Coen Brothers style. In a oh, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like we're just going to fucking troll you. <laughs> <laughs> like, like uh, also, like, the filmmaker doesn't necessarily have a per like a expectation or like a prerogative to be truthful you know what i mean it's not a documentary (laughs) so like him just like saying that them basically just saying like yeah this is a true story just so you're in the right mindset to like appreciate it and then years later you find out it wasn't a true story is like the ultimate like meta joke dude i love it like exactly as they happened <laughs> yeah <laughs> the names have been changed but this is exactly how they occurred oh my i God. do think there is some truth to that in the sense that like i maybe okay i didn't fact check this i've heard <laughs> on multiple check. occasions that it's based off of like newspaper stories you know what i mean i like wouldn't a be conglomeration, surprised yeah like a a mosaic of well, like, shit that could, happened in that area well, when they were kids. I could easily see. You know? I could easily see. Uh, husband fakes kidnapping to gain like money ransom, be a thing that would actually happen. I mean, out I in could easily that part see, of the country, what else better do you have to do? Yeah, but <laughs> I could see that being a thing that did happen. You know what I mean? It's extremely oh, yeah, weird. I could see it. I mean, I you believed know, it as soon as it happened. I was like, th- as soon as George M- uh, Will Macy like says that, I'm like, this is ridiculous, but I've read <laughs> enough, like, I've read enough Florida memes to know that shit like this Florida memes! Florida man. <laughs> Florida man fakes kidnapping. I mean, look money. at Pain and Gain by Michael Bay. That's a, That actually is a true story. And... Not a whole. I don't think like Michael Bay exaggerated some, but the general plot points of that film are true. Yeah. So I I feel yeah I feel like the plot points are of Fargo are true, but they weren't all one story. That's like, what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, it's yeah, a mosaic. Yeah, yeah. It's like the it's like somebody definitely ground up bodies in a wood chipper at some point in the north the north the the northwest, but like did it actually happen after a guy after the kidnappers faked a kidnapping kind of and 
had a falling out. Yeah. You know? Um it doesn't so it la- so when this happens it la- it lags on the um it lags on YouTube but it goes back. So um I'm going to grab a drink really quick since this happened. <laughs> just because it lags doesn't mean that the content went away, Peyton. Well, There's no, just going to be a lag on you getting the drink. The... Can you uh pour me something as well? But yeah, uh, to keep the conversation going on Fargo, uh, it, I don't know, it's, um, I feel like it's been said that, like, this film could be easily perceived as being, like, mean to people that live in North, like, the mid, the North Midwest, that that's like a, a word salad of a description of a place. Uh, but yeah, the North Midwest. I feel like if somebody who didn't live there had made this, it could easily be seen as like being like uh, talking down to people, you know. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, but because like the Coen Brothers are literally, I think they actually are from Fargo. If they're they're from one of the towns in the film, but they're from that area, and. This is like too like what I like about this this film. The question I have about this film is: Do people? I've never been to Minnesota, and I don't really have any intentions of going there. Um, my question is: Does the Midwest accent? Because I've been to Canada. I've got relatives in Canada. Um, I know what Canadians sound like, you know, um, and it's not like Canadians in movies you know what i mean like canadians in films are like uh, are like a fucking i mean sure they're south canada but 90 percent of the canadian population lives within like 50 like 100 miles of the u.s border right uh because that's the only place where it's not super fucking cold um but like i know the canadian accent is in films is totally a stereotype you know what i mean it's totally not what it is when you actually talk to like real Canadians, right? Which is which is fine that films do that. It's funny, you know. It's totally. I'm not like I'm not saying films shouldn't do that. But what I'm curious is like, there's not a whole lot of films about the Midwest, and at least two of them, Fargo and uh, A Serious Man, come from the Coen Bros. Do people like how much did they exaggerate the accents in this film? Is what I'm wondering. Dude, like, I, that was a really long intro to a I'm, question. I'm but... hoping it is exaggerated. Because <laughs> I'm hoping I were, it's not. <laughs> because if I ever were to go there, I, I mean, okay, so wait, listen. I would to be th- laughing. I would be laughing. I would be laughing so much if if that actually is. There's no way. It's that exaggerated. Okay, think about There's Sarah Palin, no though. Sarah Palin, though. She's from Alaska, right? Which Alaska is like a mishmash of of people. Like, a lot of people in Alaska kind of, like, come from other places and stay there. Um, it's the getaway. But, like, it is. You're goddamn right. It's my <laughs> getaway. Uh, I'm going to definitely... Anyways. Uh, can't wait to go back. 
but if you listen to Sarah Palin, like born and raised in Alaska, she has it's not a Canadian accent, but she has an accent that it's like, okay, you clearly live in a place near Canada. But it's not that bad. I don't know. I think Sarah Palin's accent's pretty comedic. Maybe not her accent, but her word choice is pretty funny. You know what word I mean? Word choice, yes. I'm. I guess. So what I'm saying is like there's a similarity there being near the Canadian border to Minnesotan accents. Like you listen to Sarah Palin talk, then you listen to Fargo. They're not that different. If I, I hear if I if I were to hear OG <laughs> oh, as often as. As uh, Marg- How you Marge's doing? character says it. Oh, jeez. Oh, okay. Dude, talk about, let's talk about that diner scene. Okay? <laughs> they break down. He's like, no, no, guys. We can't get the cops involved. We got to handle These are straight shooter guys. They just want some... They just want money. They're straight shooter guys. We don't need to get the cops involved. And then, like, they had this, like, serious conversation about, like, a woman's kidnapping... And then as soon as he goes to, like, pay for the food at the diner, she's like, hey, how are you? He's like, oh, dude, no, just fine. How are you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, well, because totally he un- knows everything that's going Yeah, that's down. true. That's true. He, the reason why he, he's so casual about it, that's why he, like, rehearses the call before he calls her dad is because he he knows <laughs> he knows everything that happened. He's not worried. He thinks that she's safe. Okay, so because he hired them. <laughs> what do you think about this? I was listening to a Wisecracks podcast talk about Fargo. Oh, you did? Yeah, it's just to, like prepare. I also listened to Roger Deakins' podcast. Him and his wife talking about it. Which, <laughs> about the movie that he that he that he filmed. That he, he, yeah, filmed. they like because the whole have like another DP come on and ask him questions. Oh but yeah. Most of the podcast is like him asking other people things. Like, um, he'll have, you know, obviously it's a normal podcast, they interview people, but once in a while they'll have, like, the Turn the Tables episodes where people ask him stuff, and okay, him and his okay. wife. Anyway. Uh, but, Wisecrack, they were saying, like, uh, Bill Macy's character is, like, a sociopath, like, who came up with his, like, ridiculous scheme to kidnap his wife to, like, get some money, rather than just, like, admit to his father-in-law that he's in money troubles. Oh, yeah, my, I mean, obviously. My thought process behind that is, like, I could see this happening in some other places in the country, but to a certain degree, from the very get-go of the film, the idea that, like, I don't want to stereotype, but, like, throughout the whole film, it's like, we have we have an idea of, like, we, we do this in America where we kind of, like, stereotype Canadians and we stereotype people from the North Midwest of, like, they're super nice. Like, like Canadians, like, in all American media, Canadians are always overly apologetic, apologetic, right? Yes. Okay. And that's the thing that's in this movie, too, with Minnesotans, right? And it's almost like, from the get-go of the premise of this crime they're going to commit, from the get-go, Bill Macy's character is like, but it's all fine, because it's not a real crime, you see? I'm hiring these guys to fake kidnap my wife yeah, it's yeah, all yeah, fake yeah, you see he's like fake. i don't mean anybody fake. real harm no one's gonna hurt her okay like and you no know one's what i mean gonna get hurt it's like no almost like this hurt. crime couldn't occur in any other part of the country is like you like no one's doing this in new york no, no, <laughs> no, no one's no. doing this in fucking West no Virginia they would like just Pittsburgh. literally kidnap like, uh, they're, they'll, they're gonna figure out like a regular scheme to get yeah. some money like i'm gonna well they would actually kidnap they just somebody. start they just start selling rock that as well, yeah. Like, 
<laughs> They'd come oh, up with a normal dude, way to I make money outside the, the law. Come to his, come to the motel that he's at, that he's hiding out at, and they knock on his door, and he's just like, "Oh, I'll be there in a sec." <laughs> I honestly didn't think they were going to open the door. I thought they were going to wait for him to answer. Like, I I was surprised when they when the, the fucking hotel, motel owner opened the door and he's crawling out. I thought they were just going to wait and he was going to open the door and there was going to be a conversation about it. Just because of, like, the tone that's been established. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, they actually, like force their way in um and he's just like halfway through the window just like how his well no his wife was halfway through the window but then she hid in the shower so <laughs> that's there yeah yeah that that's true as well that's a nice like uh coming full circle type yeah, of thing, yeah, you know? yeah she tried to escape the window she tried to i honestly that was clever from a writing standpoint and like her character even though her character is not really developed like her faking the guy out that she's gonna crawl through the window that was pretty smart yeah what could he see her through the curtain i don't or did he just notice it move i think he noticed it yeah he notices it move yeah because you couldn't see her through it or no. see like or even a shadow no he just notices it moving yeah, yeah, and then she does, freaks out. Does it move, or does he just notice that the shower is there, and he's like, "Wait a minute, I've seen Psycho. Let's check." <laughs> Wait, I don't. I'm not entirely <laughs> sure. All is, he does, he does look, ponder. He ponders the the shower curtain, and then she freaks out. My favorite part of that. I love scene. that. That's the the kidnapping scene might be one of the best scenes, and it, it, it's definitely one of the best scenes. It might be the best scene in the entire movie. My favorite part it's about just that scene. So oh, everything about it is so good from start to end. It's so well directed. That whole. Um, <laughs> That whole the kidnapping scene is so well directed from beginning to end. From a directing standpoint, after she bites him, fucking, uh, his motivation in the scene completely changes. His motivation in the scene is no longer to kidnap this woman. Yeah. It's to get some fucking <laughs> some A and D and a band aid on my hand. Yeah, like, yeah and he's like, Steve Buscemi is like after that. all over the place trying to like find her, and the first thing he does is walk. <clears throat> he's always walking too. He's never <laughs> rushing anywhere. He walks to the bathroom opens it up and he's just <laughs> he's like yeah, yeah, yeah. He, doesn't, he doesn't do it faster he's just like oh fuck oh. Like, where is like, the disinfectant where I love that he just like knocks it all off he doesn't yeah. like hold his finger up and look at the labels he just fuck <laughs> <laughs> to, to put disinfectant on his arm from like, a bite it's not even that ba bag of, big of a wound like come on <laughs> just the whole like I said that might be the best scene in the movie. It's definitely like up there, but it might be the best scene in the entire movie from beginning to end. It's certainly it's... my favorite kidnapping scene in the <laughs> film. <laughs> Nothing beats the guy just casually walking up, though. Dude, her, you already said it, but her falling down the stairs is fucking hilarious. Oh, yeah. she goes through the curtain. She's all tied up. She's in the all curtain. tied up in the curtain, all because of her. Like the guy doesn't do anything. She just is like, boom, not like rips the curtain. Is 
is tied up in the curtain, can't see a fucking thing, and is just running around and then falls down the stairs, and the guy just is like, okay, like, <laughs> all right, mission accomplished. <laughs> and, then that, and then they leave her in the curtain. They just t- they just tie her up in the curtain. That's what they they don't tie her up in anything else. They just leave her in the curtain. She knocks herself out. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So they just like knot up the curtain and then just throw her in the car, but not the trunk. Not the trunk. They not throw the her trunk. in the back. They throw her in the back of the car. Why? I don't know. <laughs> just I love I love it when he's talking to the guy that referenced. I love it when uh the husband is talking to the guy that referenced him to the kidnappers and is just like, oh, I vouch for Steve Buscemi's character. I didn't vouch for the art guy. I don't oh, the know mechanic, he yeah. Yeah, yeah, the mechanic. He's like, I, I don't vouch for the art guy. I don't know who he is. Well, what I like about that scene is that this guy is trying to cover his ass. Yeah. And Bill Macy is trying to like, he's like, oh, well, you vouched for that guy and he vouched for the other guy, so I'm sure he's fine. He's like, not only is he trying to reassure himself, but he's also like, he's trying to like, believe that people are inherently good even as he's doing something inherently bad you know what i mean but why does he know (laughs) those people anyway like why does he why does the mechanic know steve buscemi's character in the first place though that that's that you know what i mean like like he's trying to think good but why why does well i guess steve buscemi's character like didn't plan on killing anybody well so i think that that is true but I think also that kind of gets back to the comic book nature of a lot of films in the 90s where it's yeah. like they only tell you – they're not really – they only tell you what you need to know for the plot of the story. And it doesn't really matter if that plot is believable in the – like if you take like five seconds and like think about it in like terms of like the real world – if it's believable or not. Is it believable yeah. in the terms of like a dark theater, you know? I see what you're saying. Whereas like he just knows these guys. It's just I know a guy. You know what I mean? It's like yeah, how I met your mother. Yeah, yeah. I, I know a guy. And then like uh they only give you the amount of well, information. Well it's like Saul Goodman. It's like Saul yeah. Goodman. I know a guy who knows a guy. Yeah. <laughs> but Saul Goodman is the only character in Breaking Bad really like that. But that's what, you know but what I mean? I'm but just yeah, like referencing, sure, I'm totally. just like giving like, like that's Goodman, an, yeah. I'm just giving an example. It's like um, Saul Goodman's character. There's not like a whole lot of, there's also not like a whole lot of like backstory. I mean, there is, but there isn't like even on Marge, there's not like a ton of backstory. No, you know she's what I mean? just a cop. I will say she's just a cop in Minnesota. I kind of like that about this film. I kind of like that Marge, like so many films about crime and so many films about like detect, like detective work, I guess like crime scenes, and, like figuring out like what happens. It's like, you have like this hero cop who's like trying to like, like break the big case or whatever, or like everybody's against him. They're telling yeah, to him her, not like, like, yeah, I'm just gonna go see about this. This guy that I kind of well, know in... from high school hit me up, so like I might as well. The, the story is also taking me to the Twin Cities. This like guy I know from high school is in the Twin Cities. Yeah, let's go to the Twin Cities and like investigate. But like it wasn't a high priority. No. She had two reasons to go there, so she went, not just one. It's like. I don't know. I I like well, that also, about like, that's, everything I like about that. it was really casual for her. Like yeah, she solves the case, but it's it's not like Silence of the Lambs, which came out around the same time, where it's like I got to prove myself as like 
an FBI, a young FBI agent as a woman, and there's like this like giant case. Like no, I'm facing just, off against this serial no, killer. It's like it's just this is my job. Yeah, it's my job. I'm gonna get home to my husband who won an art contest. And she's more excited about him winning this art contest she is. than the hero solving this case. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's so opposite everything else we see when it comes to like that genre of film. And I can't, and I like that. I do. Yeah, yeah. So do I. I also. Um... I, I think that's also like speaks to the theme of the film too. But we can talk about that later. Well, I mean, like it, it's the whole theme. It's like not supposed to be taken super seriously. That doesn't right. mean it doesn't have a theme. Well, oh yeah, of course. I guess oh, we we might as well bring it up. I mean, we're um, we are about to be an hour in. So, so what do you think? You the... can see it if you can see. Yeah, it on I, the I bottom, did notice right? that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so what do you, what do you that. think the theme of this film is? What do you think the the film is about? Like, what's it trying to say, ultimately? Um. Ah. What, what do I think the, the, the movie's trying to say? That, uh... Well, I guess my thing is... It's really funny. When she is... When, when Marge is taking uh, the guy that, like, basically kills everyone away. Um, like, arrests him and everything. Um, and she's just like... Like, why would you even do this? And he just doesn't answer. That reminds me a lot of No Country for Old Men with, um, actually, uh, it, it no, does. No, I'm laughing because they said the same thing on the Wisecrack podcast. Yeah, it, it reminds me a lot of No Country for Old Men because, like, the guy just is, like, a so like, the guy's just doesn't give a fuck and he just is, like, you know what? Like, you're annoying, so I'm just going to kill you. Like, um, and I guess it's just, there are evil people in this world that you just can't change. And, um, you just, you know, there are good people and you can have good intentions, but that doesn't like, there are also like evil people in this world that are just gonna do what they want. I don't know. I mean, in terms of like a th overall theme, I mean, I don't always watch your back. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Like, <laughs> like, be careful who you're doing business with. I don't know. Like, like anybody can kill you at any second. Always keep a gat on you. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I think, I think, always keep a gun on you <laughs> is the theme of every horror film ever. <laughs> Every horror film I'm, I watch, I watch it, and I'm like, the first five minutes of the film, like, this whole entire film could have been could have been avoided if this person was just strapped. What about ones with ghosts? Ghosts aren't real. <laughs> true. 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 Anyway. I put ghost films in the same category that I put... Science fiction. Like, I was going to say, like, fantasy films because it's just made up or space yeah yeah mm -hmm. um, all right anyway uh you can you can go that's funny that no, i um, said the same thing as like wisecrack is that it's uh i mean his care i mean that his character is very similar to the character from no country for old men no i would agree with that so. and uh 
the old man in No Country for Old Men, um, the old cop, he is very similar to Marge in a lot of ways, where they're kind of casually solving this case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where um, it's not really, um, you know, it's just a, it's because the thing is about really quick. Um, the thing is about those two characters, but also about like Marge, mainly about Marge's character and about just like cop life in general is like it's not like that's going to be the only thing that you're doing. Like you're not just given one case, you know, you're given a bunch <clears throat> of cases uh, to look at. Yeah, like in the span so, like, of... we're only looking at one, but they probably have like at least 10 other cases to like look at, let alone let, let alone calls they get every day. Yeah, in the span of time that, like, uh, Marge solves the Fargo case, which it only seems like it's, like, a week long. So maybe yeah. she didn't respond to a whole lot of other things. But she, because she is the chief. She's not, like, a beat cop. Yeah. Like, in that span of time, how many other, like, calls were there about, like, I don't know, fucking somebody falling through the ice, ice fishing, or, like, a domestic violence dispute, domestic violence call, you know? Or something like that that they don't show in the film. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I would say theme wise, uh, there's a thing in writing where you like the theme stated is like one of the plot points where it's usually not the main character that says it, but like in this case it kind of is. Um, where at some point in the film you want through dialogue one of the main characters to state the theme and i would agree it's at that like second to last scene whenever they're driving away Mm -hmm. uh that she says you know money isn't everything yeah which is like interesting because um Marge is, like, the only character that doesn't make any decisions based on money. Everybody else in the film, they make some sort of decision or... The husband, the father... I mean, both of the criminals, obviously. Yeah, obviously both of the Um, criminals. Even her husband, you know. I mean, it's more... For him, it's more about winning the top prize as the painter, but there is a a money... There is a, a cash prize, I'm sure, with that. Yeah. Um... So, but, like, the father-in-law, like, he is interesting to me because, like, they want a million dollars? A million dollars? That's a lot of money. How about half a million? Like, come on. Like, he's, like, trying to negotiate with his daughter's life. And I'm, like, on one hand, I understand, like, I understand, like, that, like, getting pissed off, thinking people can just extort you. But, like, for him, it's, the way they portray it is, like, it's mostly about the money. Oh, yeah. Um, I also think that, uh, I think that a lot of people, like if you gave this script, if the Coen brothers just wrote this, uh, if the Coen brothers just wrote this and passed the script off to a different director, they probably would have taken it with like a lot more, at least, at least today, maybe not in the nineties, but today they would have taken it with like a lot more cynical kind of kind of look mm-hmm. where it would have been like probably like a lot more of like a hard like they probably wouldn't have seen the comedy in it and they probably would have taken it as more like a like a hardcore like gritty like 
bad shit happens in the quiet town of Fargo. You know what I mean? And it's like, bad shit happens behind closed doors. All these people are nice. Nice facade. But all these bad things are happening behind the scenes. Yeah. Which yeah. is true to reality. It like, is true to reality. Living, you know, the, knowing the people I've known growing up to a certain degree, that's true. Um, but I think there's, like, also, like, an element of, like, the Uncle Iroh mentality in this where what's the line where he says about like there's nothing wrong with living like a simple life of like peace and prosperity yeah and that's what marge does Mm -hmm. she's unperturbed by anything she encounters at work she just does her she goes she tries to do good for the world as a cop even if that's not really what police work is but that's what she tries to do and she's not trying to like get more money than what her salary gives her you know (laughs) she's just like happy to go home to her like kind of average husband you know Mm -hmm. like a lot of other films it's like a character's like fucking um self-interested individual like pursuit of greatness against the world and that's not what this film is at all yeah you know which is interesting which is, I think, probably good, you know? You see what I mean, though, by, like, there's a lot of um, things that uh, that the Coen brothers obviously had, like, good ideas and good um, and good concepts for, for Fargo. Oh, yeah. But they just weren't able to, like, really fully, like, they, it's like they weren't ready to, like, fully put it to perspective just yet. Oh, yeah, no, um, I agree with that. Whereas, like, as they gained experience, they were able to, like all right, this is how we need to, like, actually do it. Well, you kind of see those same themes I was just talking about in a lot of their films. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. like certainly in The Big Lebowski more so than any. I feel but like, even, but in, I, I, even in True Grit, you see that. I, I know we brought it up. I know I brought it up earlier in, like, referencing Big Lebowski, but I feel like Big Lebowski, which was their next film, ironically, um, I feel like they were, they, like, made Fargo and were... I feel like they made Fargo and just thought in their head, we can make this better. Do you think so? Or do you think they had an idea? I I, I don't think it's like, because they're not the same story at all. But I mean, like, I, but the money stuff is definitely there in, in Big Lebowski, though, because that's like, yeah, that's that's the whole point of of his of the girl of the girlfriend slash wife disappearing. I wouldn't say it's like we can make this better. I would say it's like those are the reoccurring themes across most, if not all, their films, where you have like this kind of like kind of like a humdrum character who's not really like not really pursuing greatness per se. They're kind of just pursuing their life, just living life, just, and, just doing things, and Super they. Heroes are up against people who are primarily motivated by money. Yeah. And they, like, kind of have to fight people, uh, like, who are, um, kind of just have, like, green eyes, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, you see that in No Country for Old Men, and you see that in True Grit, to a degree. Maybe not, maybe not the money aspect in True Grit, but certainly in, like, the humdrum character, like, with, with, uh, Jeff Bridges, he's, like, he's content to just be Marge. Yeah. And like, not really like be an alcoholic and not like be much of a, not be much of a like lawman or not be much of a bounty hunter, but like 
he's got this this like kid that like wants to go do something. You know what I mean? And it's, like honestly, No Country for Old Men is almost like a very similar story to Fargo, just it like is. serious. Yeah. You know? Um a serious man, not so much. Eh, there's a lot of money problems in Serious Man. So, money problems is a reoccurring theme in our films. Yes, um, it is. Serious Man is more about like modernizing the Book of Job. Uh, but like you see it in uh, Oh Brother Where Art Thou, and that's the Odyssey. But you see it a ton mm-hmm. in Oh Brother Where Art Thou. I mean, he's an average guy who has is like is trying to get his money back to like save his family. Yeah, you know. Um, I think that's just maybe just like the the type of like questions they're interested in. Mm-hmm. Is money everything? Yeah, and like how does like because like other filmmakers are more interested in like achievements or like family or like just like different different parts of human existence where they're more interested in like money versus contentment, I guess. Yeah, which I like. Yeah, like for it. sure, absolutely. So. I mean, if Burn After Reading is, ah, fuck, what's what the hell is Burn After Reading even about? That I movie, seen it. it's, it's not that good. No, it's I, not, it's like not. it. Any Coen Brothers film, you're gonna have people who like want to fight you and be like, "This is the greatest fucking movie I've ever seen." See, I think it's Fargo, so good. See, like, but like for Fargo, Burn After, after Reading is not good. Yeah, okay. It's for, like for Fargo, I enjoyed watching it. I enjoyed rewatching. Yeah, it. Yeah, me too. And like. I think it's good, like, if you're a fan of their other works, you can watch it, and it's an enjoyable movie, but obviously it's not even close to, like, their best, you know? No, I and mean, it's like, also early. It, it is early on in their, in their works, but, like, it's definitely, like, it's, you know, it's, it's a good movie, and it's funny. You you will definitely get entertained oh, yeah. from it. Like, easily get entertained I think, from it. I think Burn After Reading is, like, you either could watch it if you're, like, really drunk or if you're like doing chores and you have it on in the background but to sit down and actually watch burn after reading is i don't know i feel like that's maybe a hot take amongst filmmakers but like that's that's kind of what we're here for to a degree that's exactly what we're here for i mean i'm not gonna lie and say that i thought watch our sucked. game of thrones podcast where we basically ripped it to shreds um <laughs> it, this isn't the second half this isn't after season four by the way this is one through four, we ripped the shreds. So you can go and reference that. We ripped the whole thing to shreds, even the parts we, even the good parts we ripped to shreds. <laughs> I know, I know. I mean, it's ugh, bro. Even watching, um, I know this is going off topic, but like, dude, even after watching Sopranos, right, which is which was made prior, which was made before Breaking Bad, which Breaking Bad was the revolutionary TV show, to like make tv shows more like movies sopranos was like sopranos walked so that walk so that breaking bad could run right yeah okay so even referencing even sopranos right which season one the cinematography is like really like like it's like abc tv yeah but then after that it gets like way better Oh, okay. It gets way better after season one. And Game like, of Thrones just stays at ABC, ABC tele, daytime television standards. Yeah. Like the entire. The entire fucking the time. The entire time. And it's just like that came out after Breaking Bad. And people want to compare it to Breaking Bad. 
It's like, bro. <sighs> All right, no, no more Game of Thrones talk. Uh, <laughs> we own we all eight seasons. We can't keep devolving into Game of Thrones conversations. <laughs> we own this, all eight seasons. This will happen. <laughs> uh, what a waste of money uh, those eight DVDs are. <laughs> thank God for Witcher. Yes, look forward for a Witcher episode coming soon once we both finish season two. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, anyway. Uh, Is there anything else you want to talk about? I feel like we're an hour in. I mean, I didn't expect this to be a real long episode. Neither did I. I mean, we can continue. I mean, we can continue talking about this. We honestly. We can give some plugs. Well, well, you know what we could do because so you know before we started the podcast, you know I said uh, let's not explain in the beginning where we were because we're done talking about Fargo. Well, is there anything you want to like? Is there anything you want to add about Fargo? Um, but before we, I mean, I'm happy to shift gears and talk about what the podcast is, what the future is, what the past was. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But let's let's finish Fargo. Put a put a lid on let's it. Let's do like some clo- yeah close, closing thoughts on Fargo. Um. So I didn't. So I didn't enjoy Fargo as much as I did the first time. But first time I watched it was the first Coen Brother films I I had watched. Uh, I will say most people have the op- the inverse reaction to Coen Brothers films, which is interesting. I well, I will though. I do. I will say though, talking about the movie though, I I'm loving talking about the movie Fargo and like talking about the scenes and stuff, specifically the ki- the kidnapping scene. We've already talked about it twice. Um, <laughs> uh, so I think it's a good movie and people should watch it, especially if they're a fan of Coen Brothers films. You can def like like I said earlier. You can definitely see the like, um, it's definitely like oh yeah, this is like a base work for their future works. Um, you can de- easily see that with Fargo, um, especially referencing uh, Big Lebowski. Um, and. Uh, yeah, no, it was uh, really good and really entertaining. So, I would say de- definitely a watch. Like you, you, like people should watch it. Uh, I think it's really funny and everything. So, but yeah, I mean, I don't really have much like closing thoughts. I guess I don't, know. I don't uh, really have much more to say about it than I already have. So. So yeah. Uh... Other than like, yeah, he's just casually like grinding up a body in the uh in the wood chipper i feel like that was really iconic when it came out but like it's been memed so many times since then it didn't yeah. like strike me at all oh yeah yeah i mean like you you probably knew it was coming before oh too. totally yeah. i mean fucking spencer does it in the drake or not spencer but crazy steve does it in the drake and josh christmas special oh yeah he grinds up parmesan cheese they're like snow in california he's like i forgot yeah i forgot he does i remember watching that with my mom and my mom was like losing her shit she thought it was so funny because she saw fargo like when it came out yeah yeah (laughs) i i (laughs) they even reference in drake and josh uh, go watch our Drink Josh episode. Yeah, or don't. Maybe. 
before all the controversy. Yeah, it, we should. I'll make sure to put that in the Spotify description yeah, <laughs> when that, I upload that it. That needs week. to be in the Spotify description. <laughs> is that we made that. Before the controversy. But, uh, before before uh, we knew Drake was a creep. Uh, <laughs> Anyways. Uh, okay. Dude, he spoke at Slippery Rock. He spoke at Slippery Rock. Why'd you, I didn't know that. Yeah. Like, like, <laughs> that just, that's like, more of a knock on Slippery Rock. It was like a the... year and a half. Dude, it was like a year and a half or two years before the controversy. I can't see more than 30 people going to, watch, going to see him speak. I would have. He hasn't done shit since Drake and Doesn't Josh. mean that he doesn't have, like, things to talk about. I don't know. Yeah, if I was bored, maybe. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I mean. Like, if I was, like, I would, Especially if it's out of college, like, you just walk. You just walk to, you just walk to the place. I mean, he... Like, well, I, I guess if... you don't have reference, because, like, you can't... You, you never lived on campus. Yeah, I did, for two years, yeah. Oh, you did? Yeah, so you just walk to, like, the assembly room. I don't know how different that is for that. I would just, literally everything else I could have prioritized would have been a higher priority than that. Like, if I was mildly hungry, or if mildly I had shit, hungry. I would have taken a shit before I saw Drake Bell speak. He hasn't done shit since if Drake and Josh. I was mildly hungry. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> or, like, I got a notification from Did Tinder, you may start swiping we, again. Do we unlist the video? <laughs> no, I don't think, we didn't say anything specifically wrong. No, because it was we made Drake the Bell, episode before it all that shit went down. No, it's it's still up, yeah. No, I know that, but I'm just saying like we made it. Should we unlist the video? Is that's that what you're what asking? I'm asking like, no, I don't think we should. Yeah. We didn't like say anything super congratulatory to either of the actors. We just talked about the show. Yeah, we did talk about the show. I mean, there's nothing really congratulatory about the actors after the show, anyway. Yeah. So. Neither one of them did anything. No. I can go back and change the description to, like, Definitely highlight, like, hey, this came out at this time before things came out. I can do that. Yeah, yeah. Definitely write yeah, I'll do that. Like that. That's um, not that I think anyone is going to care or pay attention or give a shit, no. but just to cover our ass, I guess. I think, yeah, I, I would right. agree. So, anyway, so, well, yeah, your closing thoughts okay. on. Uh, I liked it. Uh, obviously not as much as I expected or as much as I've liked other Coen Brothers films, but that's, you know, given the timeline of, like, that can, like, it's obviously the early work. Um, I think it's one of those things where it's, like, it's a good film, it's a good comedy, it's only an hour and 40 minutes, and that's not to say that you can't be deep in an hour and 40 minutes, but it was not as deep as I, like, thought it was going to be. Um, obviously the fact that this podcast is like a lot shorter than our other ones, but maybe that's for the better, uh, kind of speaks to that. Um, but it was good. Um, I kind of liked the third person omniscient, you know, voice in the narrative. If you, you know, know literature, if you pass 10th grade English, you should know what that means. Um, that you kind of, as the audience, just kind of know everything that's going on, even the protagonist doesn't, and it's all kind of happening in front of you. Um, I kind of, I liked that there's like, I, I, and I like that voice. That voice doesn't get used a lot in modern cinema, mm -hmm. and it doesn't get used a lot in crime films. Um, I like kind of just seeing everything play out, knowing what the villain is doing, even if the protagonist doesn't. And I think you, that affects what kind of story you can tell and what you can say. Um, one scene we did not talk about that I really liked is the scene where like the the beat cop 
pulls up and the guy's like snow shoveling his driveway and they both have these like big ass hoods on oh, and the, yeah, yeah. the cop makes it a point to like seal up his hood the, the whole way yeah, yeah, yeah. and their only camera it's one shot the only camera movement is panning from the, the cop car to the driveway and they just have this whole conversation he's like well i was a bar i was over at the bar bartending the other night and this little guy funny looking guy was like going off about how he's up at the lake and how he's going crazy he's about to shoot somebody i didn't think much of it but the wife figured i should call it in so i called it in and it's like a 15 it's like a maybe not a, it's like a it's a good sized scene it is, and it, it doesn't is. cut it just it's stays like a, with that it's shot it's definitely longer than five minutes yeah and that speaks to both the Coen brothers and Roger Deakins that they didn't feel the need and to. The actors. Yeah, yeah. And the actors that they that they didn't need to cut in that yeah. you got what you needed because these are both like you don't need a backstory on this witness you don't need to know his motivations or anything he's just trying to be a good citizen and you don't need to know who this cop is really it's just like kind of like a a piece of storytelling it's like it's just a piece of the puzzle yeah, you know yeah. and I think that that's a important that's a that's a format like like i was saying before the comic book nature of 90s crime and like the only telling you the bits and pieces of the puzzle you need to put it all together is not a format that gets used so much today yeah and i'm not saying that's a bad thing because it's not my favorite format but it's it is a format that has its own tropes and has its own merits and is enjoyable i think it's something that in terms of like modern day cinema um, would be nice to have once in a blue moon. I guess you know what I mean. Yeah, uh, yeah I agree. I agree. You know, you know it, it just like once in a blue moon. I just agree. To have that format and that like feel every once in a while. Um, I guess like Anchorman Two was like a good uh, refresher, but that's all. That when did Anchorman Two came out? Like a good uh, bit ago. 26, 2014, I think. Yeah, I like, mean, but like that's that's what I would give is like in terms of like modern day stuff to be formatted in that, uh, in I'm, that format. Uh, Anchorman Two would be the only thing I can think of. I'm just thinking like, this is kind of like a, as a, screenwriting like screenwriting nerd commentary 2013 i i am interested Jeez. in different writing formats different story formats you know what yeah. i mean not to say like there's certain story formats that i prefer over others but i do enjoy the thought process and the discussion about different story formats and why you know mm-hmm. um so yeah uh that and it's not like the deepest film in the world. I'm not really trying to extrapolate some like crazy, like deep thing behind it, but you know, they do have some semi some truths about money and about people and about innocence. The, the film is an innocent film in a lot of it ways, is a, it even is if it's like film. graphically well, violent no in other parts. Re- no, no one really had any, I mean like in reality, no one had bad intentions. No, you, like, that's it, true. That's it, like, true. No one had ill intent. The road to hell is paved in, with good intentions, though. Yes, that's like a very true statement. Well, I wouldn't say very the husband's uh, motivations were necessarily good, but, but his intentions weren't bad. They weren't like directly evil. He wasn't trying to hurt anybody. Like he yeah. was, when he says, "I'm not trying to hurt anybody," he did like mean it. Yeah. Um. But. So. Anyway, yeah, so uh, would you give a rating to the movie if you could? Seven out of ten. 
I think I would roughly give it yeah around the same like six seven out of ten. Yeah, it's hard for it's you got it's hard for me to give above a seven. Yeah, same. same. Like I would say a six eight, or a then, seven. I would yeah. say a six or a seven. It's depending on this. Yeah, I would say six or a seven. I wouldn't give it anything above a seven no. now. It's not in that eight category for me now. So, especially looking at their other works, it's like definitely not like a definitely not above a seven, but still like would recommend though like definitely like a, oh yeah i, I would yeah. definitely recommend it though so all right um we can shift to uh discussing uh what what happened um because when did we do when did the last episode we did was it the game of thrones i think it was i think the last episode we did was the game of thrones episode yeah if i remember correctly so i mean what do we want to say like we I mean, we started this podcast kind of on a whim. We didn't really take it super serious at first. But did, did we, um, was this before the movie? Uh, uh I, I think it was. I think the movie, I think, was the biggest thing. I think it might have been. Because we didn't have the, because we didn't have time, or especially you, like, you, you, like, we didn't have time to actually, um. Yeah, that's probably th- what it was. I think it was the movie that really was the biggest thing on why we didn't do it on why we didn't continue the podcast and um it being finally finished is the reason why we have started it back up yeah i guess do you want me to talk about that i mean it's good advertising (laughs) i mean i'd rather i'd rather give a more prepared advertising segment in the future i don't know how much of my while my like I'm not sure how many people will watch this my part. unfiltered comments to necessarily affect the fucking <laughs> revenue of the film, but whatever. Uh, 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 long story short, we um, started this podcast kind of on a whim in the beginning of 2020, and we had talked about doing like video game streaming or something for years, and then in a drunken stupor, one of our friends fucking pontificated to me in like a 20 minute long drunken lecture about why me and Peyton should start a podcast and then I was sold because you know she's not really a a film person she's more she's a music person for sure Um, yeah it was Game of Thrones was the last one we did uh okay and so we started we started the podcast um and then COVID happened as you guys if you've watched the, the the show from the beginning, if you're that one person who's watched it from the beginning, uh, you know that we had like a, a couple COVID episodes like joking around about the beginning of the pandemic and stuff. And then it's two weeks to... It's actually the beginning ones, honestly. it's I think it's episode three is yeah. the first one because I'm at home. Yeah, yeah. The, the uh, We called it something funny. We called it like the... We called it the lockdown episode or some shit because you were in like an, I, I just an undisclosed that. location in your parents' basement. Uh, so episode <laughs> episode two was the drunk cast, which had holy cow! I didn't realize. So episode two has forty nine views. Episode three, which is the Evangelion episode, that has the most views. Has fifty two. Yeah, views. that's what the, the most views of any, which is like weird <laughs> but it's also like a huge franchise so like, it is. in and a way I, it makes I think sense we did it when it was recently put on netflix too 
That we did, so, yes. So maybe that had something to do with it. That um, easily had something to do. With it. Episode four is the first quarantine episode, which oh my god, dude, it's a fucking year, bro. That doesn't make any sense. It should be. It's all. It's going on two years, dude. So what happened? So quarantine, yeah. So two weeks to slow the spread became two years of uh, fuckery and government overreach and uh, authoritarianism and bullshit and. Uh, don't want to go too deep into that but you know what i'm talking about um so we kept doing the podcast uh peyton stopped crashing on my couch he moved in we got a new couch and uh then i got involved um producing an independent feature film with uh, a long time uh filmmaking uh partner collaborator of mine uh, he wrote, it was something he had written and written and, and, we, and, uh, he was the director. Um, I was like the producer and the cinematographer and we can maybe talk about that more in detail in the future or something or not. I don't know. I, I, I have, I guess I'm not I sure how I feel about like how much I want to plug my own stuff on my own podcast. So I mainly wanted you know to I mean? just at least like talk about how like, oh yeah, we are, um, but basically we, we were the the biggest reason why we stopped the podcast for basically a year to 10 months, like 10 months to a year was because we were filming. Yeah. So that, that, that film took up, like that film became essentially a full-time job and then a part-time job. Um, so that like took up all my time over the last year. So all, all of, 2021 i think we did one one a couple episodes in 2021 but like the second half of 2020 all my time was taken up of producing this film yeah um and the, like since like march of 2021 that's all i did like six like i was working like six days six days a week between my regular money-making job and working on the film yeah in post-production um so there's just no time to do the podcast but that film is um almost finished right now so uh we'll probably have more details about that in the future don't want to talk about it too much right now but once it's once it's finished once we have our post like our you know real real um distribution campaign going um i'll give some plugs about about that um let you guys know what's going on with that uh but yeah going forward uh i've got a production company i'm building um, that's going to be, you know, making films that, uh, Peyton and a lot of the other people that have been featured on this podcast will hopefully be working on, uh, music videos. Music videos. It's um, probably the main content for the, in the beginning. And I think initially the music videos will be the main content. So I don't want to explain my whole business model publicly, but long, yeah. but there's going to be yeah. music videos coming out, uh, from that production company. Uh, and that ties in to the podcast because now... I'm going to have more time to like treat the podcast like more seriously than we took it before. Um, we're going to actually have like, we're going to try and do this bi-weekly. Um, yeah. So uh, we can, well, we do can you want to explain like the format of the show, the podcast at least. So now, so we are going to be doing it bi-weekly uh, now and it'll either be done on either Friday or Saturday. Um, Barring so any... bi-weekly either we might... Friday or Saturday yeah. it could easily be on a Friday night it could easily be Saturday during the day or Saturday night 
Either way, it'll be done uh, bi-weekly, Friday and Saturday. So the next episode, so we can actually tell you what the next episode is going to be. Might as well. Next episode is going to be in two weeks. So let's it'll not either... say who we're having on, but let's tell them like what he we does. We can tell them the topic. Yeah. So ne- so next one will be either on the 21st or the 22nd of um, in two weeks, and it is going to be on. It's so one of the things we're doing with the show is we're trying to alternate the style of episodes um, between this style that you guys are familiar with, where we discuss media, and a more of an interview style where we interview artists. It's not always going to be artists, but it is going to be whoever we interview, if it's whatever their job is, whatever their life is, it's going to be coming from a more like artistic, um, social sciences kind of human... What the fuck is that term? Um, fuck. There's this fucking... Anyways. Uh, well, you can... From so an artistic lens. You don't have to give the the guest but you can at least say what the topic's going to be on so two weeks from now we're going to be interviewing the guy who painted these yes uh amazing artist um obviously we'll get into the full thing in the interview but these are primarily done with spray paint the detail uh, i believe the detail work is done with other paints sometimes we'll he does out. some digital we'll stuff find out in the you podcast. gotta show up we'll or you gotta listen to it on spotify and get the full details but if you like uh, join, what's yeah. behind us and you should because it's awesome you better fucking check it out uh, <laughs> and then, and then anyway, the following week we're gonna be discussing another film probably ghost in the show probably ghost in the not, show not sure but anyway yeah basically and then another artist a, after that yeah basically we have episodes lined up we basically have the next four episodes lined up we i think we have even more than that we got the next so this is one we've got the next three we had the first four lined up the first four lined up yeah but because we're doing it bi-weekly we have more than enough time to line up even more episodes so be like this is going to be consistent now not just once a month not just once every two months and then there's like a four month break no we are going to be doing this every uh bi-weekly uh for the foreseeable future and, and it's have... only going to get better huh it's only going to get better and it's only going to get better we don't want to say what we're doing over the summer we have a plan for the summer uh but we're not going to say what it is just yet we'll leave that for when the time comes but anyway look forward Please subscribe, like, uh, and then check us out on Spotify. The Spotify stuff will be up later this week. It's not yep. like official just yet, but we will be having all the episodes, including this one and future ones, on Spotify later this week. Uh, so get ready for that. We will be posting a link on our Instagram right now. Follow, like, subscribe to our YouTube channel, Crashing on the Couch. And follow us on Instagram. Crashing on the couch. Crashing on the couch. All one word on Instagram. Yes. For more information until we get Spotify up, which, like I said, will be later this coming week. And then once Spotify's up, hopefully either this this same week or the week after that, sometime in the future, we're going to try and get us on some other streaming like apple music apple po- i guess not music but apple podcast and like mm-hmm. maybe like stitcher or something yes. we'll try and get on the other podcast uh streaming sites because not everyone uses spotify but i think most people probably use spotify because that's where Joe most Reagan people is, use but... spotify yes uh so. but yeah no you um 
there's a lot to look forward to because we actually do have a plan to actually get better equipment as well we won't be having these headsets for much longer um but yeah there's a lot to look forward to uh but yeah as terms of the next episode look forward to discovering uh who a new visual artist a new visual artist who made these amazing pieces of work we're going to be doing musicians in the future filmmakers photographers you know all kinds of art all kinds of art uh, all kinds of art all in mediums terms of, uh, and mediums and then uh expect movie stuff because we're going to be doing that and then um i think every once in a blue moon doing a uh a uh like a comedy one where we just talk about whatever yeah, is, is, absolutely. Uh, we're going to need more alcohol a... for that. Well, oh, yeah. we're going to need more alcohol in our systems. We have plenty of alcohol in our <laughs> We <possession>. always <laughs> have plenty of alcohol. Anyway, Thank have you a guys good for night. Watching. Thank you for joining. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Can't wait for the next one. Subscribe. Follow us on Instagram, please. Yes. Uh, links will be in the description and everything. So, anyway, enjoy your weekend. Enjoy life. Have a good one. Take uh, care. Watch Fargo. Watch Fargo. Till next time. Watch Ghost in the Shell so you're ready for the next episode. That'll in be in two weeks. Uh, no, that's or not two in, weeks. Um, in a month. The <laughs> next movie episode. Ne next month. Next month. The next. All right. Later. Peace.